Hello? Hello. Is this Joseph? <laughs> Is this Daniel? Ugh, gross. <laughs> Don't uh call me that. Mm. <sighs> How's it going though? Uh, you know. It goes. It moves in a it goes. direction. How how you how you doing? Uh You've used that before. I'm fine. I, I'm. I'm just. I'm reading messages. YouTube says we're not sending them enough video to maintain smooth. I don't know what that means. Um, <laughs> You're dropping frames, buddy. I'm not dropping frames. I'm not sending enough frames. Apparently, oh. but like, how many? It's an equalizer and a graphic. I don't know how many more frames you want. No, oh. it's okay. Technology. What are you gonna do? I don't know. I mean, I. I, uh, I don't know if you are familiar, but uh, uh, DP Review the photography website <laughs> yes i read i read it religiously uh-huh your favorite um they uh they had a youtube channel with uh two canadian guys and uh then they left to petapixel when uh amazon said they were going to close it down but then it hasn't closed yet for weird reasons but uh the mm. they they're over at petapixel and they just started a, a podcast today and and the way they advertised it was you can watch our podcast on youtube and i was just like ugh, ow pain <laughs> the pain do you uh do you, do you watch any video podcasts no of I, course I mean, not. Or, or do you do you experience any video podcast form related things i don't it's i don't know you can't call it a podcast for real though it's not video i mean people can call things whatever they want to it's the english language um it's malleable uh that time i put my foot down and said we weren't going to call uhd 4k um i don't know if you know this but that had no effect um and uh, <laughs> wait so all right hang on hang on yeah hang on, let me unpack that for a minute you put your foot down and said uh i i demand that we not call uhd 4k yes we had, uh, we had several episodes of this podcast where we we talk both of us talked about that and you're just like well, it's not really you're talking 4K. About you put your foot down you, 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 or are you saying you put your foot down with me or with society here no we we agreed we mutually put our our feet were down oh our feet right you yes. and me our feet our feet yeah. our feet were down yeah I, they uh they could not be more down um and then in, in unison they were down but uh you you i guess forgot that uh but it was it was so long ago now i mean but, i agree but, yeah. with you yeah. on on the conceptually i don't remember us filing any sort of like change.org uh petition or something no but anyway the the point of that digression was that uh it, it doesn't matter people are just going to call things what they're going to call things and you're just kind of screwed on that front um so you know Make the most of Do it. Do people really call UHD 4K more often than they call it UHD? Yes. Mm. Yeah. I don't know what circles you're traveling in, because I think most people just see UHD on the box and they say UHD. Mm, I don't know. They seem to be traveling in a lot of uh, 4K circles, I guess. But uh, yeah, it, it it is one of those things. That it, it used to bother me a lot more because it's like, no, you don't understand. So like 4K, you know, DCP, it's this whole thing, and like blah 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 blah, and it's just like nobody, nobody cares, nobody cares. It has like a hundred more pixels, and it's a different shape. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's like this is only thirty-eight forty by twenty-one sixty. You guys are being cheated. Um, no, nobody, nobody cares. Um, you know, Dennis, Dennis Nedry in Jurassic Park, nobody cares. Um, th- that's actually it is taller. So I wonder mm-hmm. what what uh, what's the pixel count compared to. UHD. Well, I mean, that depends. Are we talking open gate? Uh, no, I'm talking 
40 times 21, 60 is mm-hmm. 8.8 million 294,000. And then you get uh, 4096 by 2040, 2040, 2048. Mm-hmm. Uh, 8388. <laughs> They mean things now, but they, mm-hmm. they they just made them up. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if you know this, Dan, but all, all names are made up. Hmm. Think, wow. Chew on, chew on that one. <laughs> Mind blown. <laughs> so wise. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, no, but uh, yeah, so we, we might as well. Uh, we even talked uh, in, in a little bit because of busy life stuff, but uh, perfect timing for both the ninth anniversary of the podcast and for uh, WWDC 2023 um, full of (laughs) stuff. Uh, And I thought it was interesting because it is weird the number of places that this kind of presentation crosses over into the sorts of things that we do, both in terms of how it's presented and in terms of sort of the fanciful, um, shall we say, uh reproduction or uh man- manufacturing of, of <laughs> I was gonna say are you facts? dancing around the yeah. fact that the uh the the video and demo of the product is entirely fabricated in post production because that's really kind of the only way you could have made the video in the first place yeah i mean i I know that uh I think Marco Arman and some other people were like, oh no, Apple told me that it's all you know video from that it's rendered from the headset, and it's like i mean. Yeah, it, was, it could have been like screen captured from the device, but then you you put it together, you massage that. You're not you're not <laughs> well, showing I mean, the raw output of that thing because that's yeah. not how that would be presented to people. Like nobody's with, head is that smooth. No. Um, also, I watched some of the sessions just to get you know a little bit more of the info, and all of that stuff is clearly just over top of like a V-ray rendered room, which is fine it's nice like it's, they're just talking about you know the design uh elements and things but it's not it's not real i i you know for for my own purposes i hope the device has some sort of video out capability so uh if i ever have to make a video for uh a vision os app product thing we don't have to do it all manually you just record it that would be nice remember your like library of little bits and pieces of ios stuff that yeah. you've put together over the years to to do your little uh apps um all my all my little yeah. the gizmos and my round rects and stuff i still use my round rect thing fairly often but that's about it yeah I mean, there was a part in I mean, <laughs> uh, this is kind of a digression but there was a part in the uh, presentation way before the headset where um craig federighi is demoing something on an ipad and uh th- that might have been what the screen output was recorded elsewhere but uh it that was not the video camera recording that screen like you could see like weird motion trails on his fingers and uh also i it just is too sharp um but you know looking at that yeah. screen you're just like wow you know it is a reminder how much of a pain in the butt it is to do any kind of planar tracking on a round rack surface um and that <laughs> things were much better back when the iphone had like 
rectangular 90 degree corners um for things because then you could just like solve for that and your your worst case scenario is someone would have their thumb in like the lower left corner or something yeah. yeah you could cheat a little bit more nowadays with the round regs but uh then once you mask it in the the notch the, then it's uh it's pretty obvious where you've screwed up oh yeah because then, um, then the notch gets bigger and smaller and you're just like nope nope no scaling stop that no no shearing fix it yeah, the angles, yeah. Uh, if they're not perfectly aligned from corner to corner, they really show off that notch. But whatever. It's uh, yeah, I, 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 I didn't look too closely this time because I had better things to do. Uh, <laughs> but I, I, I did notice, you know, presenters standing in front of the the big uh, screen thingy. Um, you could tell when they were standing in front of. Mo- most of them were standing in front of something that was the same color this year, instead of like dramatically changing like a black uh display to a white display mm, but you could see yeah. when somebody would make a hand gesture over top of some text and you're like oh that text is not there that's no it's a very sharp roto line which is fine nobody else is going to see it doesn't matter uh and however they want to make the presentations go for it but they uh i think they did a better job of not walking directly in front of it to to you know show off just how eroded all of their mats were but um yeah i mean for the most part a- apple has a, a presentation style i saw some I think Jeremy Burge posted like a, a TikTok someone had made of uh, someone making fun of it, of how their hands never get further apart than their shoulder width um, when they're presenting <laughs> things. And it's just like, yeah, that's very true. Like if you keep everything pretty self-contained like that, then um, it does make things a lot, a little bit easier. But uh, somebody probably yeah. said, please stop making us pay for finger roto. We can mm-hmm. do your elbows. It's OK, but just don't put your hands out. Yeah. Um, and. I, I think that's one of the the aspects of these things that people don't perceive. I think they know that there's fab, some fabrication going on in some of these shots, but I don't I don't think that people are aware that there is probably uh, hordes of people working in very dark rooms um, for many many late hours trying to put together um, th- this thing that's supposed to seem like it's real. Uh, but it is it is very funny to me to watch the end result and because sometimes it's things are better than other things um and no one cares about it uh but i care um when i'm watching it uh (laughs) i mean look no further than the audio like the audio is so clean and so up close in these absurdly wide shots i hope that's the thing that catches people to go like where do you think the microphone is right now Mm -hmm. Uh, it's in an audio booth somewhere where they're doing ADR, but, um, anyway, yeah, the, the, um, I don't want to jump right past, you know, the, the, the foreplay here into the, the, you know, the main event, but, um, the, obviously a lot of the, uh, the, the vision pro stuff is, is necessarily created in post and, uh, part of it part of it was um i don't know if you experienced this because i i'm i'm very interested in the product i liked it a lot and i'm very curious to to see what it's like in in, in person but it all it's it, it danced the line for me of going is it really going to be like this or am i just looking at clever post production because i i give apple a lot of credit because there a lot of the things were very well thought out and it makes a lot of sense and i don't know enough about vr goggle technology to say that that's not a thing that can happen there but i was halfway through just being uh, blown away by the demo before i went oh this is all fake can it really do this stuff because i'm I'm a little dubious of just the quality here because i know it's fake because there's no way that they could have done this for real yeah well i mean well we'll get to my feelings on the actual thing in a little bit but 
um, th- there is an aspect to it that is that is I, I, I'm not going to say like fake because it is fake in and of itself. Um, it is creating it. The whole product is designed to create a, a version of reality inside of your field of view. Um, and it's, you know, two EVFs strapped to your eyeballs um, that are <laughs> showing you the real world. Um, and even that I can show you. <laughs> Wait, we'll, we'll get sued if I keep doing that. No, yeah. Uh, Bob Iger is going to show up and he'll be less enthusiastic about what we have to say. Uh, but the... <laughs> he'll break through my virtual <laughs> bubble here and his head will just like melt through my my VR interface to just say, uh, don't do that. No, but the, but the thing with it is like of course it's 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 fake um but it it is fake in a way that is different from like uh those terrible microsoft technology demo things where they'd be like in the future you'll like walk past this glass door and like it'll like <laughs> light up with information about your your work schedule and it's like that's yeah. like has nothing to do with how any microsoft product works or looks or anything they're just like spinning you know something about like uh future stuff so that executives can pitch that to like shareholders and like motivate people i guess i have no idea but mm-hmm. it, those videos were drawing terrible. arrows on the ground in the airport to to lead you to your your taxi or your uber or whatever it's like where is that coming from how is that happening yeah or the google glass demos and stuff like that where it's like it never worked as advertised like that and uh especially i would say the very tragic uh and comedic the comedically tragic uh metaverse stuff um the very infamous presentation where mike zuckerberg made the ill-conceived choice that he would be the uh spokesperson (laughs) for for his vision of the future because he believes in it so much um and he doesn't he doesn't man who is a charisma vacuum Uh, he just does he doesn't get it uh he does not know that he needs to not be seen um or heard from (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Here in the metaverse, I can apply my sweet baby rays yeah. virtually. Oh man, did you uh, for the going live thing? Did you see the Mastodon post where I, I uh, replied to to Rye by any chance? I did see that. Yeah, yeah. Is that, is that from that presentation? Yeah, yeah. So he he for listeners at home, um, uh, Mark Zuckerberg is in a living room? Question mark. Um, it, it, that is all fake. Um, and he takes a step forward, and then that living room turns into a wireframe, and the lighting on Mark Zuckerberg changes and he he has been told to act by some director um, who has storyboarded this whole thing out that that he is in awe of what he is seeing. And Mark Zuckerberg <laughs> is not a convincing actor for this. Uh, his it's interesting that his actual eyeballs are about as emotive as a uh, virtual avatar's eyes. Yeah, no, he's. God, you know, there's no helping him. Um, but he uh, also wireframe. Wireframe. I'm in the computer now. It's wireframe. Yeah, we've we've moved past all of this, and and it's funny to c- contrast something like that. Like to pivot back to what the reason why I brought all this stuff up is like, even though this Apple stuff is fake, um, it is fake in a way that is meant to approximate what it is like to use the product. Um, and so and you can buy it because it doesn't. your your skepticism flag just immediately go up and say that is very stupid why would i want to do that well why would i want to do that does come up but that is it's a different why would i want to do that it's not like uh why why would i want to be an avatar with no legs floating around in a virtual 
you know, Ready Player One environment or something. It's yeah. not that. It's it's a uh, it's a different kind of why. Yeah. See, there are lots of why moments in here, like uh, the email stuff. How is that better or easier um, than doing that on a computer or an iPad or an iPhone even? Um, yeah. And it, the answer of like, oh, you can have as many virtual screens as you want is like, yeah, I, I, I mean, I get that. I like that idea. I have three friggin monitors in front of me right now uh, to two by choice. Um, and <laughs> they they are arrayed you know, to fill my field of view. Um, so I, I'm in the matrix at the moment, but it, this is a grandma's boy situation, but it is not. <laughs> Are you reclined wearing a leather trench coat? I mean, I am reclined. There is no leather trench coat. This is Southern California, Dan, but there's a, it is the situation where it's like, it doesn't help me to have that surround me any more than this. I don't need to be cocooned in my email. Um, uh, I don't, I don't need to like have an Excel spreadsheet, like, in my peripheral view like as if it was really there and i could adjust it in z space it doesn't matter it could just be there like on the display and i can move my head um but uh the important part is i don't have something on my head weighing on my face um when i'm Mm -hmm. trying to write an email or work on a spreadsheet um and so that part of it rang hollow um and so that feels fake in a way that's not about the fakeness of the demonstration in terms of what it would be like to do those things, but just in the terms of like, why would you do those things feels fake. Um, and same goes for, uh, I think probably the most mocked part of this where, uh, the presumed father, um, hopefully he's not just a creepy stranger (laughs) takes a photo of the children having their, the little birthday moment. Um, and he's got the whole ass, thing strapped to his face and he's taking the photo with that um and i I believe it was uh matt alexander uh our close personal friend who uh (laughs) called it daddy's special helmet um (laughs) and so it's just like yeah that's uh, like so creepy and weird and it, it feels fake for that reason not because it's fake that he could take the photo or that it could give him this 3d you know, moment, um, to look at, but because it's like, it's fake that you would want to do that. Um, so I, I don't, I, I, that's a different kind of fakeness that, you know, you're just not going to get past. I'm not going to believe, um, anything you're putting on the screen if it's an action that doesn't seem human. Uh, and so that is a completely separate category from like, oh, is that really rendered from blah, blah, blah's output? And it's like that whole separate discussion um, just in terms of like fakeness uh, for that. Yeah. In well, my there, opinion. There's, there's two pieces here. There's the, the, the user experience. There's the, there's the um, vision of computer interaction models that they're purporting to be the next way we're going to deal with computers. And then there's the technology that is enabling it currently. And uh, I'm much more willing to excuse the technology, the large clunky helmet, because I feel like we've been around long enough that we've seen this cycle a few times between iPods and Macs and iPhones. And we we see what the original version looks like and how it gets refined over time. Um, And, well, you know, the thing that sticks that we take away from it that is, quote unquote, revolutionary, whatever, is the interaction model. You know, the, the touch screen is, you know, it's the the computer goes away. There's no keyboard mouse. You just, you have this awesome screen that you can touch and you can do all your stuff there. And they're basically saying that the future of this is going to be, you know, your, your 
computing interfaces are just in your environment around you all the time and you can adjust them and you can manipulate them um and you can you know dial down your world or that world or whatever like you can mix between them and that's that's the part that is very exciting to me the the technology itself i look at and i go yeah this is clunky and big and heavy probably um but i don't care because it's obviously going to improve over the years with the caveat saying i don't know how I mean, it's not my job to know how, but I don't know how they improve this technology to go from the first iMac to the current iMac version of this thing. Because, like, there's never going to be a situation where uh, the Vision Pro becomes the size of my normal everyday eyeglasses uh, and the, the, the weight of my regular eyeglasses because there's... We've seen this with iPhones, with the camera bumps. Like, you can't make cameras that are usable small enough to fit in things like that and this thing has what like six cameras eight cameras 12 cameras whatever the hell it is all the sensors and everything um the thing that worries me about it is that how are you going to create this experience in any form factor other than the one that they have designed sure it'll get lighter the screens will get better quality uh it'll probably get smaller a little bit but like for the majority of the interaction you need that dial and you need to block out all of the light so you need the ability to completely cover your face and you that that's not that's not a thing that you can map to like regular eyeglasses or sunglasses unless you put those like you know those old-timey uh didn't like kevin klein and wild wild west have those little like things that go down the side of your glasses to sort of like cup your face or something like how do you how do you map you know in 20 years what does what does a vision pro look like with the shrinking of technology like cameras are still cameras yeah. <laughs> lenses are still lenses sure there's there's innovation that can be had with some of it you know there's the rumor that periscope lenses are coming to the iphone or whatever but you know sensor size and optics like that's that's not a thing that, that moore's law is going to fix so like what does the future of this device look like even if like we could just fast forward a bunch like I, that's that's the part that worries me because um i'm sure it'll get dramatically better and smaller and more elegant but um, I don't know how I don't know how the device essentially disappears to create that spatial computing uh, experience in a uh, nearly invisible fashion. Like it's never going to be completely invisible. Like the iPhone is still a thick and heavy piece of metal, but it's like it all the the device itself almost completely disappears uh, when we're using it. But um, not quite. So, but like, how do you how do you do that to something like this? Yeah. Well. I think this gets down, to, like I said, I was going to talk about the thing that is bothering me more than the other parts. Um, and so what it is, is Vision Pro, I hate. I find it repulsive. Um, but Vision OS is great. Two thumbs yeah. up. I, I yeah. think that uh, it's hard to describe the difference there for people who might be like, oh, well you just don't like you know like you were saying form factor like oh it'll get skinnier or something or it'll be blue blockers um and like i don't think there's a way you whittled it down um to a to a uh a comfortable level that people will want to wear this and have it be um not just immersive but ambient um because that is one thing Mm -hmm. about using a mac and an iPad and an iPhone and your AirPods and your watch and everything. It's all ambient. 
It's all stuff that is around you that you pick up, you put down. It's in your life. Um, you don't have to. Uh, you don't have to do something to your personal body. I mean, I, I guess the exception being the watch, where you like to have to put put it on, but uh, it is not um, something that is strapped to your eyeballs. And this is a problem that we've experienced in the entertainment industry time and time again um, when the 3D fad happens, uh, like in the late 2000s and early 2010s. Um, and it was a very, very short fad for those that are forgetting. Uh, but basically what happened was, uh, people could go see 3d movies and there were a handful of 3d movies that were worth seeing. And then the rest of them were there because they could charge more for ticket prices and the work, uh, didn't matter as much. It just needed to be in 3d. And so you got things like that clash of the titans remake um in stereo Ugh. conversion that was infamous um or and the, it had a sequel yeah or the avatar the uh, avatar last Air- airbender movie from m night Shyamalan that was also infamous and terrible in stereo but like just things that were just sort of like rushed to get them done as fast as they could do them um, it's astounding that um the vfx breakdowns for those movies even came out because i remember seeing the like uh the the auto depth maps that were generated for the characters and you're like this is just a blob uh why are you <laughs> showing people that you did it this way because that's not helping your case no and and people are forgetting that it, it wasn't just that the quality of that was shoddy so you didn't have much reason to want to put on the glasses but people also just generally hated wearing the glasses um mm-hmm. and those are i mean they were always as cheap as possible because you know they're not reusable or if they well, were reusable, they're still not good. I mean, they're reusable. You put them in the in the in the bin at the end of the movie. But uh, the but but those are the reason why it took off is because they no longer had to do the active shutter. They could uh, where there's like a liquid crystal thing that like flickers on and yeah. off really fast between your two eyes. Um, I mean, unless the, you're watching 3D movies in your house with your TV, because then you've got that thing. Yeah, because that was a big limitation was active shutter was how you could do it without significantly dimming the picture. But then the pictures could get bright enough with the laser projectors. And Sony wanted to sell a lot of laser projectors in the late two thousands. Um, and so you could then use the circular polarizer approach, which was popularized by real D, um, or Disney 3d, which is the same, same friggin' thing people. Um, but all it is, is those, those uh, like knockoff Ray bands that have the, the, circular polarizer film inside of there and there's a uh polarizer in front of the uh projector and so if you take the polarizer off you see like two kind of like ghostly things but then you put the polarizer on you see you know one in one eye one in the other you could buy um versions of those glasses that just were double left and double right um and uh i mean i i knew you know stereo supervisors would put those on to review stuff so they could make sure nothing funky was happening on certain frames. Um, and so there's that aspect to it of like, people didn't even want to like wear plastic Ray-Bans. Um, so is it, is it something where people are going to find it compelling at any point to wear something that is in any way heavier than plastic Ray-Bans? And I know that the, (laughs) experience is supposed to be significantly better than watching 
The Last Airbender um, in theaters uh, with depth. The, the user is in control here, so yeah. it's a little bit of a different thing. Uh, but it's a it's a fair point to make that yeah, just um, comfort. I, yeah. yeah, and I know that there's a big deal uh, about like uh, oh, you're not cut off from your environment because you're seeing your environment through you know basically these EVFs, these electronic viewfinders stuck to your eyeballs, um, where you see the world around you. And as described, it is mostly like the world around you. There is apparently slight color tint or some fuzziness to it where it seems like there's like a film between you and the real world. So it's not like it's, it's not glass. And in the demonstration, they can't, you know, in their keynote presentation, they can't show or convey that to you. Um, it, the the you know there's no way they can put like cheesecloth over it um to like give you that impression um yeah well interestingly they're also not making any claims currently about uh you know like p3 color or retina displays or anything like that or hdr representation they, that was missing entirely like the, the apple loves their stats about that kind of stuff and they didn't bring it up once and uh i know mr gruber's review just dropped a few hours ago and and he said he saw no pixels and they looked retina to him. Uh, Mr. Snell uh, said it was just shy of retina. In his opinion, uh, he noticed a difference when looking at text on Safari mm-hmm. or something. So it's it clearly, I mean, that's another thing that like, you know, I, that's not an aha or whatever. Like the next version of the Vision Pro is going to have, you know, twice the pixel density or whatever of the LCDs. And they're going to have more color, fidel- like whatever. That's the kind of stuff that changes year over year and they'll get there eventually. Um, but that does not change what you're talking about, which is, does anybody want to wear a heavy piece of metal on their face? Um, and you know, the, the thing about it that I keep thinking about is just vision OS again, like if that's the future of our computer interaction model, like I'm all for it. Like it's, it's a great thing to just have giant screens floating around in my space. I can move them around. I can put them in places where I want. I can do stuff like I can, I can like I can point with my eyes. Like how many times have I done something dumb on my computer because my brain just wants the computer to know what I'm looking at or know what I wanted to do. Like that's the thing that happens all the time when I get tired. And now like theoretically the thing I'm looking at, is just going to know I'm going to, I'm looking at and I, all I have to do is click or type or whatever. Like that's fantastic. Um, but how does that, how does that work with conceptually with wearing this big goofy thing on my head? Like I, I don't, Mm-hmm. I, I don't know how that you separate the two. Like we're not we're not in paycheck where he's gonna like take away the LCD screen and the the image stays floating there in holograms. Like the, there's there's two different ways that this sort of technology can exist. You can have a room full of laser projectors and like no light coming in so that they can recreate everything, or you have an augmented reality piece of glass in front of your eyes that sort of does the optical illusion of creating all the tracking and blasting the thing into your eyeballs to make you think the stuff is floating there, which is obviously the method that is proving to be useful here. And more, I I say practical, but it's not terribly practical, but like that's the practical way to create floating interface in your room that you can interact with. But again, like how do you, are are we going to, is the future version of this tech just going to be like, a little tiny thing that blasts lasers into the back of your retinas uh, to make you think that you're looking at stuff. Uh, like it wasn't that sort of like the idea behind Google glasses. It's, it's very small, but it's, it's basically just blasting straight into the the back of your eyeball. So it can create this sort of like larger illusion of stuff. Like, I don't, I don't understand where the technology goes. Like how, how, how are you going to dim 
my eyeballs if I don't have this like, you know, 1800s film camera tarp over the top of my head to sort of block out all the sun. Yeah, well, I mean, that's the thing with light. It's worth mentioning, like, these questions Mm -hmm. are not important to ask. Like, nobody gives a shit. Like, this is something for Apple to figure out. Like, this doesn't affect the product right now. But these are the things that I'm thinking of because uh, I I want the ambient computing. I want the stuff floating around. But also, like, is the trade-off of that versus the headset worth it? Because right now what we're we're talking about is flat screens floating in space, which is cool. And obviously there's some 3D stuff. You know, you can watch Avatar and it's going to look like the best 3D you've ever seen. And you can create... You can block out your real world. You can have like a half. You can you can be on a mountain, uh, which is cool stuff. But like, you know, the day to day work of like having screens floating around you and interacting them with them in a different way is interesting. And I want to do that. But also, do I want to wear a helmet in order to do that? Because that's not inherently 3D. Like it's they're mimicking the real world to a point where I just go like, well, why don't we just do the real world stuff? Yeah. Well, and that's what I was saying earlier with the email and spreadsheets thing is like. Other than I could have a display anywhere, what is compelling about that? And I would say the thing that's compelling about it is the interface model of using your eyes, like you said. Um, Vision OS, I think, is really interesting. And I was watching those uh, developer presentations, um, same as you were, uh, and what they put together for the interface is so coherent um, visually and functionally, um, with how they perceive you using an application in space that I really appreciate the thought process there that I don't think was entirely evident in the keynote presentation because, you know, there's not that much time, but, uh, it is, it is definitely something that is thoughtful, um, and well-considered and I would like to see other applications of it that don't involve the headset and so it got me thinking just like in my mind um like how bad would it be to have like a projector on a wall and it's just like okay well this is your you know you can't like move it around to your coffee table or like be surrounded by mount hood um you know while you're watching your dinosaur movie or whatever but you can have a wall in your house where you can look at the wall and still select and move things and change stuff. Um, or even just like, here's a 8k TV in your house and you can move and change and whatever things on that. Cause it's huge. Um, and, uh, you know, stuff like that, where it's, it's not even about, um, it's not even about the, uh, fullness of the immersion as much as it is about the interaction model that is offered to you. Um, yeah. And I think that that is perhaps another path here for pursuing alternative uses of this technology. Uh, I was joking with uh, Dan Moran on Mastodon the other day that like finally, you know, a use for the studio camera, a studio display, you know, camera or, you know, continuity cameras, desk view or whatever. Cause it's like, that thing's pretty useless, but it could see your hands. Um, and so you could do the same clicky things. It could see your eyeballs. You could do the same calibration yeah. thing of like, I'm looking at these dots on the screen and it can figure out what you're looking at. Um, now it won't have the fidelity of something like the headset does. Um, but maybe the answer to that is, you know, 
better cameras that aren't the sucky studio display cameras, or maybe the answer to that is you put some lasers somewhere in this house. Uh, I don't know. Uh, maybe you have a, a, they've added continuity camera to the Apple TV. Um, so they're obviously thinking about different ways you can use higher definition cameras in your home um, and place them where needed. Uh, so who, who's to say what exactly could be done with all of this in combination across an ecosystem? But it is interesting to me that Apple has the capacity to apply technology across their products if they choose to. I don't know if they will care to do such a thing, but like, you know, if I'm sitting at my desk and I have, you know, something on my computer display, it's an email uh, and I'm looking at it, I should be able to select things just like I'm doing with the VR headset. I just can't move my computer display um, as like a full gestalt display thing. It, I can just move the windows inside of it and stuff like that. You know, it, that would be fine. Um, I think there's an aspect to it that um, would be good to have just applied um, in, in other other areas of your life that don't involve headgear. Um, and I think that that could also be a compelling way to introduce people to the concepts so that they might be more willing to buy the headgear to use for two hours here or there. Um, not this generation maybe, but like, you know, years from now or something, at least they'd be yeah. receptive to such a thing because right now it's hard to envision, <laughs> um, exactly what you would do with it other than very creepy teleconferencing, very creepy photos of your children, uh, movie watching or doing emails and spreadsheets. And it's a lot of stuff where you're sitting somewhere and doing something. There's not like a video game story. There's not virtual worlds you're spinning off in. Um, you know, there's no game controllers. Um, there's no game story at all. Uh, there's all that talk of prior to the presentation about like Hideo Kojima, like showing up at Apple, like, Oh man, he's going to be doing something with the headset. And he was introducing a four year old game that runs on a version of wine. That's going to be in the next version of Mac OS Sonoma. And it's like, okay, so gaming is still not a priority for anybody, but that is up till now. <laughs> I mean, these the are most... things that they're going to get to, I'm sure mm. like eventually, but like, you know, they're, they're introducing us to this thing, but like there are the trade-offs. The, the thing uh, the like we're in this world where it's kind of like, you know, are, are we in another like iPad where it's like, yeah, you can do a lot with the iPad if you're willing to tolerate a lot of silliness because of the iPad's limitations, but you have the benefit of you've got this thin little piece of metal that you can take with you and you can do stuff. And like, how great is the ability to break free from sitting at a desk to do certain things? It's the same sort of thing. Like we're now taking it a step further, and we we can put things in the room floating around us, and we can create this environment. We can still see our world. Like we're not buried in a device. Um, but the trade offs are going to be both software limitations, of course, at first because it's basically running iPad apps. But then there's the additional limitation of the device. Like it's it's big and heavy, and it's on your head, and the battery lasts two hours and stuff. So like, are we in a world where they're like? We have to weigh those trade-offs. Like, what what is the thing that you would choose to do with this thing that you wouldn't do with another device? Because that would, you know, I think everyone per, you know, in their own personal lives has the lines they draw 
about what they want to do on a phone versus a tablet versus a Mac. Um, and some people push it a lot further. Some people live their entire lives on an iPad, which is uh, insane to me um, because that's just who I am and I don't like or use iPads. But, um, you know, who, who are going to be the people who decide to do everything with this thing? Like, again, all mm. things being equal, like if, if the headset wasn't cumbersome and obnoxious, like I would rather wear that than just sit here at my desk and stare at my screens probably. Like I like the idea of the Vision OS stuff. I think it's very cool. But, um, you know, they, they showed off mirroring a Mac display up into a display there. But, like, uh, am I going to be able to mirror my Mac into Vision OS so I can uh, recline in the chair in the corner of my room comfortably and, and operate Nuke with my eyeballs? Like, aside from the fact that that's a terrible idea, like, is that <laughs> going to be a thing that I, I can do? Uh, I, probably not at first, but, like, eventually, like, you know, but, like, what is the... It's just, like, if I'm surrounding myself with a bunch of flat rectangles... Uh, even if they're very pretty flat rectangles whose little, you know, uh, uh, widget bars for interaction pop off in very subtle, beautiful 3D depth. Like, what is the thing that I'm going to want to do in Vision OS not, uh, that I'm not going to want to do in other places? And I'm 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 quite sure the immersion stuff and the games and the whatever else is going to get so much better. There's going to be all kinds of cool things you can do. But um, what what's going to be the thing that's, that I go like, okay, I want to do this in uh xr instead of sitting at my mac and i don't i don't have the answer to that other than the fact that just i want to try and see how much stuff i can do in it and see how magical it is yeah i mean i i i am not convinced that at this stage it is something where you're going to find a lot of compelling use cases for using it over a mac and i i know that they had in the demo like oh yeah you can you know, use this as a bigger screen for your Mac. And it's like, well, but it doesn't have the same, like there's a whole like system of focus targets and like the width between certain things so that you can interact easily with stuff using your vision. Um, And it's like, well, in those cases, you're just going to be using a keyboard and mouse because it'll be easier um, to do what it is you're doing. You're just going to have a very heavy headset on uh, to while you're trying to get those things done. So is that better than having like displays and you're sitting at your desk? No. Um, I mean, marginally, but I I mean, and again, this, there's a huge asterisk here of just saying this is DOA for like full-time work in for me and you and people like us until we know that the image quality coming out of there is as good or better than the expensive piece of glass sitting on my desk here. Like if it's not of a comparable or higher quality than my studio display here, I'm not going to want to use that as my primary display for work. Cause I, th- those are the details of our work. So like that, that's a, that's a thing that's going to push this out into the future for us. But like, well, again, I can mean, like if it's, no, it's not just, yeah, it's not just that, but it's also like the, it's not about just the color fidelity or something like that it's also about the truth of the thing in terms of authorship. Um, because if you are working on something that has, noise you know grain in it um you can't have that filtered and scaled and viewed through a you know any kind of process that's going to dither or uh subsample it in a way that is not accurate where you change your scaling on it and then it's going to change what that grain structure is or something like that like at the very least it can't be worse than my dirty glasses that have uh, <laughs> flecks of applesauce that were sneezed on them from a small child 
You should you should clean your glasses, Dan. Just I wait do. Until you, he's he's very messy. Just wait until you get a fleck of applesauce right in one of those cameras on your on your headset. <laughs> uh, i'm sure there'll be a, a very fancy polishing cloth that comes with daddy's special helmet yeah um no but the yeah it's i i think that the use case for media consumption is the strongest thing right now not yeah. games but sitting in a seat and watching things um and i think and given pro- that our society is extremely uh attention deficit uh we can put social media next to our uh movie theater floating windows and we won't get kicked out by the concierge or whatever yeah you just have uh your your breaking news from cnn as a live stream that reflects on the surface of mount hood while you're watching uh your classic criterion channel movie um but the uh yeah it's just i don't know i for, for media consumption the part where it falls down is media consumption that is with someone else other than just you um I assume that in some capacity, like something like SharePlay will come into this. But you'll notice that in these demos, it's not so much about you and someone else using a headset together in the same space. Um, Like if you and Amanda were to both put on these headsets and watch a movie Mm. together. (laughs) Will never happen. Well, I know. Okay. (laughs) But then it's just like, then it's just a personal per- personal cinema like the best yeah. cinema ever but it's just for you specifically and only literally only you um and so that's seems a little strange because you usually want to watch something with other people uh and so there's still going to be a case for watching something where other people can see it and not only can they see it but you can see their reaction because mm. You well, have if we're talking to... share play, like somebody's watching on their phone in a different house and I'm watching on my goggles and somebody else is watching on their Apple TV, like that's an interaction model that they can totally do right away, I'm no, sure. No, no. Yeah, absolutely. But what I mean is like when you watch a movie with someone, you watch someone watch the movie. Um, you, I watch you... someone watch their phone while I watch a movie. But yes, I know what you're saying. Yeah, no, you glance over and you see what the heck they're up to. You see you know, you, you look over them angrily and you say, why are you watching reels right now while we're watching TV shows? Um, and so like that has to be something that you have there is like you're in an environment with another person. There should be interaction. And I don't see that in this thing, but it is, it's fantastic. If you want to watch a movie by yourself, like reflected on the surface of mount hood and it's just like okay or you want to watch uh mandalorian episodes and you're like in whatever bespoke intellectual property uh bob Iger has authored for you to do that in um yeah that that it's it's, apple's very good at this blurred line between you know personal devices and work devices like our our iphones again we we use them for work but they're also very personal mac same sort of thing like um you know, but th- this this headset is a computer, but mm-hmm. it's very good at watching movies. But they're so not. It's, it's got to be both. They're not good at shared devices. Um. So even yeah, even if you got one and you're like, oh Amanda, you have to try it. Um. God help you. When First you, of all, like, I would have to buy an extra yeah. set of uh, Zeiss magnetic glasses <laughs> thingies for her to click into play. The, the it's it it's never gonna happen because. Uh, <laughs> It's it's taken. When did AirPods Pro come out? How many years ago was that? Four or five? 
Uh, Just ballpark four. Four. Yeah. Uh, I immediately bought two pairs of them, and she immediately returned hers for being uncomfortable. And mm-hmm. in the past couple of weeks, she's borrowed them while doing dishes and stuff. And she's like, "Yeah, these are great. Why did I want? Why did I not like mine? Why did I send them back?" I'm like, "I I, I don't know." Uh, mm-hmm. But, you know, if it's going to take her four years to, to get on board with AirPods, I think it's probably going to take, you know, the better part of a decade, but it could get her on board with the idea of spatial computing. Uh, oh, no, I mean, uh, Amanda and Jason are not day one adopters of this. <laughs> uh, yeah. Unless it's an iPhone. Unless uh, I mean, unless it's an iPhone, basically. And, uh, uh-huh. well, I mean, there there are two moods. There's my phone's fine. I don't need another one. Or, uh, mm. yeah, cool. It's a different color. I want one of those. Yeah. No, see... Uh, it is a hundred percent just the first one. And so what happens is my phone's fine. I don't need another one. And then at some indeterminate point, this is such a piece of crap. I'm going to switch to Samsung, blah, 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 blah. Apple's the worst, blah, 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 um, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And then new phone. Oh, this is great. So, <laughs> you know, it, it's just like, I don't know, but like, they're not, they're, they're not gonna have headsets um it's just like never um i'm not gonna have one like in this product form but like i'm open to vision os i just don't even see either of them using like vision os like on a tv or otherwise yeah um like i mean even us like have you used any of the ar stuff on your iphone for more than five seconds to go like ah look at me i placed a wayfair chair in a corner and it's that's a 3d model of a chair yeah, I mean, I've done that a couple of times. I, I mostly forget it's there. But if I'm in yeah. an app and it says, like, see this in AR, and it's like, <sighs> fine. Um, and I'll I'll push the button and it'll show up in the place. And it's like, well, here's there you go. Here's a bad video game chair. Um, <laughs> I just it's just like, I don't, I don't know. I, I don't have so much of a an issue visualizing products, I guess, as most people do in terms of scale. Uh, but it's never really been my my, my biggest uh, complaint in terms of like AR stuff. Yeah, I, I but, wish but the we're, measuring but we're app worked better. The, we're, we're talking about the shared mm-hmm. uh, technology across all the products. And it, it is going to be great to see things like, again, it, it's almost certain that these 3D uh, photos and videos are going to come to iPhones, which will be great. And then, you know, I'm not going to say they're going to stick lenticular screens on the iPhone so we can see them. It'll probably just be like a, I don't even know what they call the parallax effect on the iPhone anymore, where you mm-hmm. jiggle it left and right and it shows you the stuff. Like maybe you'll be able to see that stuff in the same way you can with a live photo. That's fine. Um, you know, eye tracking would be great to come to some of the other things. I That's, that's going to be a ways off because the things that are doing the eye tracking uh, it sounds like there's what, like four cameras, like millimeters from your face that are tracking your eyeballs. Like that stuff is not going to be, they're not going to be able to ballpark that from arm's length away from an iPhone. So it's like, you know, the, the technology that it's going to filter down from the headset into the other devices is going to be very cool, but uh, it's going to take a while. Yeah. I mean, I wasn't talking about like, oh, they should have shipped this instead and it'll come out next January. No, that's not what I was saying. Um, but uh, no, I, I yeah. yeah, the any of the, con- again, I, 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 tooted this or whatever but like the (laughs) idea that there was an internal debate about whether or not this product should wait until it was the size of a pair of glasses uh is just patently absurd because Mm -hmm. that's decades away and again i don't even know if it's possible because the technology that enables the experience that they just pitched to us is not shrinkable like it's just not like no you can't make something small that blacks out your eyeballs no i mean they would be using something else than what was demonstrated 
here in order to do those things, like physically separate technology from this. Um, but this computer is... chips on my eyeballs, like I don't understand. <laughs> no, well, I mean, there's a whole thing of like you need something that blocks light, um, but you also need something that would let light in, um, and you also need uh, illumin self illuminating. <laughs> Uh, pixels and stuff because there's the micro leds inside the thing and it's just like you know those you uh, those giant halloween contact lenses that west borland used to wear to black out his eyeballs oh geez those but transitions brand yeah well i mean this is black mirror episodes about that um i i uh yeah i saw people saying that i yeah. never watched a black mirror i don't know what oh it's it's heartwarming um so the the thing is my heart is warm enough it's already <laughs> 80 degrees in here. Oh, boy. Uh, but the, yeah, the, the, uh, but going back to what you were saying, like, I, I f about, you know, 3D in other places, I feel like that's going to also be a big part of this, whether or not it's, you know, Vision OS, you need to have people generate content for this platform. Um, and I don't mean just Jim Cameron. <laughs> like, you need to have... <laughs> more than him um out there like doing stuff and you need to have gear that you know daddy can use when recording you know your son's special birthday that's not going to be a super creepy you know ski mask like you can't look like rainbow six box cover art like you have to be in the moment um and somebody needs to make a skin so instead of showing your eyeballs to people, it shows you like you have a, a night vision rainbow <laughs> six goggles on. They're just the, the three little green lights. Yeah. And people are far more accepting of uh, point and shoot cameras and smartphones because there's something you hold at arm's length from you. They are not something that is on your face. Uh, so, you know, there's a lot of criticism about like, oh, people are always staring at their phones and blah, blah, yeah, blah, and blah, blah. You're staring at your phone at a, mm -hmm. at a concert when you could just move it down a couple inches and you could actually look at the real thing. Like that is, there's a thing that befuddles people a bit these days, but it's it's in the service of capturing a moment. Mm -hmm. And mm. so, you know, there are going to be ways to capture things that are not going to involve wearing this helmet. Um, I'm reasonably certain. Uh, and it's going to be interesting just because you're kind of going to like run into some of the same sorts of things with stereoscopic vision that we've run into in the entertainment industry. Um, but from a different view, cause now everyone at home is going to be like trying to make avatar, but like with whatever it is, they're going to upload to Instagram. Um, and so it's just like, that's going to be, fucking weird um and so i don't know what that world is going to be like i saw that there's going to be a camera there's going to be a uh, a level um you know a horizontal line uh that's going mm -hmm. to finally come to the camera app um inside of the new version of ios and so it's like well that's interesting because now people can keep the <laughs> stereo pair of cameras um aligned uh and i mentioned that in the uh six colors discord to somebody and they're like well why do you need to do that and i was like well let's just say it breaks the illusion and will give you a terrible headache um because otherwise yeah. as soon as you look at it you're going to feel like you're falling over to the side yeah it's and so it's just it's hard for people 
conceptually to think about these things. Um, and it's just like, oh, I have so much trauma from this. I can I can recite all of the problems with stereo vision. Like, oh, we want to talk about like camera sensor noise and how it can't match from eye to eye. So you can't just directly reproduce mm. it um, because then it'll look like there's a film floating in space because of the the uh the noise pattern being identical that your eye can recognize and it's just like oh god why are we talking about this or, or like oh uh you can't have bokeh because it'll ruin the 3d effect because everything back there will be smushed to nothing what you want is to actually have it be wide open and crisp i'm sorry uh stop down and crisp and and so that's like completely counterintuitive to what people want in their photos and so it's just like oh yeah, yeah it's just like all of the things that you're gonna have to like think about i'm sure Someone at Apple is tasked with all the clever tools that they'll need to do whenever they come out with the version of iPhone that can do like stereo capture. Because um, you're at least they never yeah. showed uh, trying to fake depth of field in any of these things. Like mm-hmm. you know, you're, with your eyes, everything's basically in focus, and that's what they're doing here too, which is good that they're not trying to say like you know when the modal pops up, the background window goes out of focus. No, it just dims. Mm-hmm. Well, that's another thing I don't think people are thinking about when terms of a. Uh, virtual spaces um but your your focus is going to be on the uh plane in front of you the very short distance to the plane in front of you um and so what you're focusing on is in your virtual worlds um in your games and your mount hoods and whatever is like that you could run into some stuff if you're especially if you're like watching things over time or things like that where it's just like oh wow it's, my eyes are tired um people don't think about the ways in which uh something might seem fine at first but over time can like be very headache inducing um so mm-hmm. yeah but I, yeah. i'd be interested to see the tracking thing too because everyone so far says the tracking is rock solid but how long is it solid can i stand up and walk to the kitchen and walk back and then my monitor is still floating in my office over here i don't think so because that would be a lot for this thing to track but i'm curious where the edges of that kind of stuff are i mean i think i i am pretty confident because of the number of sensors that they have that they can make certain assumptions uh, about the world um much better than they can with an iphone because the iphone is like really moving around uh because your hand is not holding that thing very still whereas your head is not bobbling around like your hand is um so that is something where it seems like it'd be easier uh to well at least get your bearings for the app to get its bearings somewhere to put stuff but you know whatever we'll see in real time besides you'll want to be in the kitchen and then push the digital crown it'll snap to your center of view yeah exactly Mm -hmm. so yeah the, the the being able to reset your view is uh pretty good uh, that, that's the solution to all of this. If it starts to go wonky, you just push the button and it's fine. Well, I mean, I'm also curious, like if you have a certain, I haven't seen a demo inside of uh, any of these videos yet of like, if you always want to have certain windows up in your office. Um, and then when you go to the living room, you want to have other windows up. Do you have like spaces like where, you know, you are saying these are the windows for this room and these are the windows for that room. And when you go between them, um they are what they are or do you push that digital crown and like you lose that like how do you how do you like bookmark the 3d quality of your Mm. window placement it sounds like a 
a problem for Vision OS 7 to solve. No, I mean, I'm sure there's something in there because that seems like I just haven't watched all this crap yet. But, you know, that's the kind of thing where it's like if you have persistence um, across this stuff, that'd be really, you know, novel and interesting. But, uh, you know, it's the it's the future. We'll see what happens. Uh, I'm, again, not optimistic about the hardware situation. I am very optimistic about the operating system. So, yeah, that's cool. I mean, reconciling those things is going to be a hell of a thing. Mm hmm. Because I'm with you. It's like all things being equal. If my computer monitors on my desk here uh, were just able to be scaled and floated and tracked my eyes and stuff, fantastic. If the limitations are I can only run iPad apps and I've got to wear a three-pound thing on my head uh, and the, the image quality is worse, uh, I don't know. I, I know there's going to be experiences that only you can have through the headset like you know again with the scaling up or whatever like thank you siri uh what the hell what is that accent exactly oh my my siri is an australian lady (laughs) it 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 searched the web for experiences that only you can have through the headset Oh, and the re- the result is the most amazing 3D sound experience. Uh, Highfidelity.com. Oh, there's a bunch. There's a bunch of results. That's very helpful. Um, Thank, thanks. No, <laughs> but uh, what I was getting at is like you know it's going to be that thing where I try to like pinch to zoom on a magazine and feel really embarrassed, but like times ten. Like I'm gonna try to like look at something and click my fingers and hope that the refrigerator door opens or something. And it's like oh I feel stupid now, but like mm-hmm. that, that's gonna be the world we live in because the technology is blending with our real world even more seamlessly than it currently does now, which is going to be fantastic. But, you know, there's an absurd amount of limitations necessarily. It's a version one. Like remember the first iPhone didn't even have a damn app store Mm -hmm. uh, and it didn't take videos. (laughs) It took two megapixel stills that you could only email to people, not text. Um, And look where we are now. So it's interesting, but um, I, I, and again, it's not my job to worry about this stuff, but the thing that I keep coming back to is how, what is the technology that is going to make this headset uh, less embarrassing and cumbersome? When it, when does daddy's special helmet become something that you can walk around in public wearing and not feel like an absolute tool who's about to get robbed? Well, uh, I don't know. I mean, it, I, there was a lot of that trepidation around AirPods because they seemed pretty douchey at first. Um, mm-hmm. And... Going back to iPods, people people would wear the white headphones to make themselves look like they had an iPod, even if they didn't have an iPod because it was cooler. Or people would wear non-white headphones because they were worried they were going to get robbed because they had an iPod. Yeah. Um, or you just wear different headphones because the earpods didn't fit your ears. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> the uh, the thing is that if there are enough people around you doing something you become acclimated to it. I mean, think about, think about our wonderful experience with wearing masks, um, that Hmm. went on for a while at first. It was really weird. And then it was very normal. And then it was very weird when you saw someone who didn't have a mask. And then it was even weirder when most of the masks were gone and you're just like, ah, and then you're fine. Um, and so it's just about like over time, and what everyone else around you is doing, because we as human beings are like, uh, am I doing what is normal and expected? Um, and so I think it'll 
whatever shape the thing takes this apparatus takes eventually um if there is the form of the destructor (laughs) (laughs) if there are enough destructors around um then everyone is going to feel at ease if years if there's uh and this is going to happen initially because this is what happened with google glass if if you're the one bozo who shows up to starbucks and sits there and is like i'm in the matrix then yeah everyone's going to think you're a bozo and you're you know you're a bozo because you're doing it on purpose to be provocative um so it's like those situations don't help anyone in my professional opinion and so i think it is actually a good thing that the battery only lasts two hours because you drastically reduce the opportunity for someone to go out in public and be a nuisance um at least initially Uh, And then over time, like when it's less bad and less embarrassing and less, you know, risk of being robbed, then perhaps we'll have a longer battery life um, and it'll take care of itself. Um, So, you know, I I just I I think that it's a it's not a problem where we need to worry about, like, how we're going to adjust ourselves to this thing or how this thing can be made to be socially acceptable. It's just like if there are enough of them, then they are socially acceptable. Uh, So you just have to get to that point, whatever that point is. And it's not a formula, so to speak, because like you know airpods it's like there's still white things that you shove in your ear and everyone can see that you have these stark white bright things in your ears but they're acceptable by everyone um no one objects to them and even before them the bluetooth headsets as long Mm -hmm. as they weren't like the the big huge ones like if you had like the (laughs) the plantronics ones with the little stick yeah as long as you had like the little job one then everybody was fine with it like nobody cared Although I need, uh, not relevant to this conversation, but I'm kind of glad AirPods stick out so much because theoretically people will talk to you less if they know notice there's something in your ear instead of not noticing and getting mad. Um, but, you know, the, this headset, like the idea of using this on a plane, I think that's great. Mm. The idea of using this in your home, I think is great. Uh, I don't think it's either built for or acceptable to like walk my dog wearing it. Because <laughs> uh, again, the, the, the whole point of it is that the, the, content sticks to the world and is not sticking to your view because apparently that's disorienting according to apple uh so that's not really what it's for um but you know would i I wear this at a a starbucks no would i wear it at a library i don't know probably not i don't go to libraries yeah also you know there are some minor very minor safety issues with the current situation because like if you were walking your dog and the battery went out or the cable, you know, got all weird, um, like sometimes Apple pa- power cables can get weird and then they no longer work. Um, if you are unfamiliar with that happening to your lightning cables, uh, and then your, your headset dies instantly, then you're gonna like have a little bit of a trip fall situation. Um, so, yeah. you know, cause the, despite being, uh, being able to pass the world through to your eyeballs, uh, there, there is no pass through. No, like it's not a piece of glass. It's, it's a computer screen two inches from your eyeball. Yeah, I think a lot of people when they were talking about this and they heard about the idea of like layers of reality, they, they, they were envisioning like, 
you know, uh, a clear thing. And then like uh, another like sheath goes down over that. And then another one over that one, like as if it's like, well, it's like uh Microsoft's HoloLens. That was basically like a tinted piece of glass, but like you were looking through it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's what people think when they think of augmented reality. Uh, and that's kind of what I think the future of this thing is going to have to look like again, if this is going to be something tolerable, we wear on our faces 24 hours a day. Uh, or, you know, especially when we're sleeping, because that, that makes a lot of sense. Like, it's it's going to have to be a, a wildly different thing. And I, I don't know how it gets to that. Yeah. And I don't know. It, it It's not, like you said, it's not our problem. Um, So whatever. But I don't want to get emotionally invested in something like this if it's not going to be here for the long haul. You know what I mean? <laughs> you don't, you don't want to get hurt again? <laughs> I don't want to get hurt again. No, uh, I mean, I. You don't want another HomePod embarrassment. I never, I never, I was never sold enough on a HomePod to actually <laughs> buy one. I bought Sonos's instead. But you know, yeah, like, um, I have an Apple Watch shaped dent in my wrist because I've worn one every single day of my life since mm-hmm. the, the Apple Watch One came out, and I wear it while I sleep. It's off of my wrist for maybe an hour a day. Like that's very bad for me, I'm sure. But like that's the level we're at with technology now. Like we, we come to rely on a thing. We want it everywhere and we can see the benefits of vision OS. And I want that world. But, um, you know, I, I, I don't know that I'm, I'm willing or able to jump into something like that anytime soon. No. Well, I mean, I think the $3,500 price tag will help, uh, you avoid any mistakes. I don't know about that because, um, Oh no, I've I've bought a lot of computers and I think only one of them has ever been cheaper than thirty five hundred dollars and I think oh no sorry my my air is twenty five hundred dollars so um how how did yeah, how did you I, configure an air to be twenty five hundred dollars you 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 turn all the knobs up <laughs> <laughs> but but at that point why did you, why did you buy an air because it's tiny and I wanted one oh, and it's great oh boy I don't even know if I turned all the knobs all the way up mm-hmm. I don't think I I did it it's 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 up there but it's i don't know if it's all the way up but mm-hmm. um you know my first macbook pro i remember being $3300 and i was like geez this is rough but it lasted me you know a good i mean it's still in the other room like amanda who uses it sort of now but um you know my imac was $4000 like it's a computer and that's why if you think about it as a computer like it makes sense but again the 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 software limitations would i buy an ipad that costs four thousand dollars absolutely not and if this thing only runs ipad apps and doesn't really mirror Macs in a useful way that's that's not going to be helpful for me yeah but you can always take uh take photos of cameron no no it's <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna have to be able to do you know i was about to say 90 but if i could do 70 percent of what i can do on my mac on that thing I'd consider it, um, mm-hmm. but well, Dan, if it's if it's a floating iPad, then no. Dan, it sounds like what you really need, though, for all mm-hmm. your displays and all your workflows, is a mm-hmm. is a brand new M2 Ultra Mac Pro. I do not need a Mac Pro. Um, eight eight that... XDR displays. There you go. That's what you need. It's amazing that we've gotten to the world where I see the Mac Pro and I go, neat. <laughs> Good for you guys. I'm glad you made that. Um, but I think the the studio has proven itself to be such a good computer that why why bother unless you just basically need a studio with PCI cards 
which um non graphics very specific pci cards that only do it, networking and connectivity yeah. stuff i saw somebody say that you could get some graphics cards in there but not any of them that require like the additional additional like power cables and stuff but yeah if you need to put like um a fiber channel card in there to get to your san or something or you need uh just sas controllers for raids or whatever or of course you know 10g networking or something sure go for it get yourself a mac pro but like um i i I kind of blacked out a little bit during that situation but they were talking about with the ultra you know the um uh the afterburner stuff is now built into the chip right like that's that's the ultra chip that's not specifically the mac pro right like all of that extra decoding and encoding of the ProRes stuff yeah i think so that part's kind of a blur too i think went through the max and 15 minutes so it it kind of all kind of got compressed like given that that stuff is now on board on the chip like uh and i I, i'm extremely ambivalent about the afterburner card in general a two thousand dollar pci card to encode ProRes. get the hell out of here Mm -hmm. although i mean that's dvi clipster i've been working that business model for a decade um yeah it's uh the the computers are they're all so good like i i can do i can do i can do a, a shocking amount of work on a macbook air uh, the for idea twenty five hundred dollars, you should be yeah. able to. <laughs> it's uh, it's great and it's portable and it's it renders slower than my iMac, but like the fact that it does the stuff is absurd. Mm-hmm. And if I had a Mac Studio, like I think I, I think I'll be good for a while. Mm-hmm. Aside from the fact that uh, wow, I can't change the the size of the SSD inside if I really want to. So you know, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, uh, Mac Pro. Don't care. Did you order? Did you go order your 15 air yet? No, because it can't do, uh, you know, two monitors. But I mean, it two monitors at the resolution and speed and beautifulness that you prefer. Well, no, it, it has uh, two display controllers. One is dedicated to the internal, and one is dedicated to an external. And there are ways around that where you can do. I forget the name of it, but there's a a, a thing where some hubs and things will let you you get one of them little shitty usb things that makes an extra like video output like that we used to use on our laptops 10 years ago yeah but those i forget what it is (laughs) they run at like 15 frames a second they're great they they, not not specifically those ones but there's supposedly better ones but it's just like that's so hacky and gross um but you know it, it is it's really nice the the idea of having a 15 inch laptop that is 11.3 millimeters thick uh Mm -hmm. is very appealing uh for the opportunities i have to go on the road um yeah you know i really like my air i will say i've never plugged it into anything ever but i very much like it (laughs) yeah but the the you know it's one of those things where it's like i know that for me the best fit is the macbook pro 16 even though that thing's a monster oh so big so heavy so heavy um i I don't even mind the size as much as the just the weight of the thing is just enormous um but the i mean it's exactly what we asked apple for was just like put more battery in there who cares people use these as desktop substitutes and it's like well careful with that um because that thing's very heavy um but the the problem with that is it's $2,500 for the base model that gets you 16 gigs of RAM and a 512 <laughs> heart rate drive. Uh, see, what you need is you get the 13-inch 
Pro, the good one, and then you get a giant screen from your Vision OS. Well, you're thinking of the 14-inch Pro because the 13-inch Pro is the crappy one with the touch bar. I mean, I mean the 14. Yeah, mm-hmm. you get a 14-inch MacBook Pro with all your your specs, and then you get a, a floating, uh, ghostly Vision OS monitor as big as you want. Yeah, but except I can't do work on that. Well, I, we don't know that yet. I, I no, I just told but, you, like it, it's going to be subsampling the thing that I would. Oh be, yeah, yeah, right, right. Like, right it can't right, be like course. this pixel's the wrong color. Like it, it's got to. I, I I I need it for my work, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you can combine them. Because again, back when I had one of those um, shitty little USB things for my mm-hmm. laptop, uh, I, I put my node graph on the uh, the the computer screen that had 15 frames a second and looked like crap, and then I kept my uh, my my viewer on the, the screen that looked good. So, mm-hmm. best of both worlds. Well, I know, but this is the thing: is I need matching screens. I <laughs> I you don't you don't need them. I need them. I, I can't uh, I can't my my brain like I need to be able to drag the window straight across horizontally there's no up or down or diagonal or anything like that it needs to be two completely identical windows there can't be any color difference there can be nothing you know like quirky about it like it's got to have the same width bezels and everything <laughs> for users or for for listeners who are unaware mm-hmm. uh we're not talking about any sort of technical reasons this is just simply joe's neuroses yeah that's what i mean is just like this is not a, a limitation of like oh i wouldn't be able to do my work this is just like it would drive me that shit trying to like move a window around and I, i've tried it before because like before this i had one monitor and i would try to get everything done on one monitor and occasionally i would need to take the macbook and open it up so it wouldn't be in clamshell mode and i try to like do the thing inside the system preferences or system settings formerly where you like put the thing down there in the like corner and be like this is where the monitor is and then you like try to like drag something and then like all hell breaks loose Ugh, just the worst. I hate it. I hate it. <laughs> it needs to be the same. Uh, I'm very sorry. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry too. Because it'd just be a lot less of a hassle if I just like even if I bought the the 6K 32 inch XDR, it'd be huge. Um, or if I got one of those like r- relatively low res wraparound things that they sell from alienware and stuff like that where it's oh yeah the big wide curvy guys yeah for people who need to be like in their i don't know garb whatever garbage game people play their their fortnights and stuff um Mm. i you know that's the kind of thing where it's just like yeah i i don't want those things because i i like the utility of having like this is the other place where teams meeting goes or the mm, you yeah. know it, it, and like when i switched from two monitor yeah. from three monitors to two because it was a laptop with two externals to just the imac and the external i kind of missed my tiny little third window where i could just like put stuff like itunes goes over there and stuff like so like delineating uh is is way better than just having one bigger screen from time to time i tried that with my uh ipad in the Mm. universal control universal control mode or whatever we yeah. but the the thing where you could also like put the display of the thing so it was sidecar yes yeah, sidecar that's what it was so i had the mac version of the music app on that version of the desktop that was on that tiny little ipad and that was annoying too for the same reason i was mentioning before of like moving the mouse back and forth but at least let me use the keyboard um but the <laughs> You, you would lose your mind over yeah. here because I do the dumbest thing. Like my my air is on the desk to the left of me, and I use universal control to go over there and change it all the time. And then when I grab my laptop and I go sit on the chair 
six feet away in the corner of the room. I use that to control my iMac over here that I just kind of squint at and change the music on. But sometimes I'm on the laptop and I screen share into the iMac to do something more specifically, but then I'll accidentally move my mouse and it will universal control itself onto the other screen that I'm not screen sharing on. So I'm universal controlling the iMac and I'm trying to get my mouse back over to the MacBook Air where I'm screen sharing the iMac. Uh, it's, it's, uh, it's very funny. It's, it's a, it's a, it's a comedy of errors. And then, you know, I fall in a, my face lands in a pie or something. You are, <laughs> you are dangerous, Stan. I, most of the time <laughs> it happens accidentally because I just, I move a mouse and it goes into universal control. I was like, where is my cursor? Oh, it's like, man. oh, it's over there. I see it doing things on the other computer, even though I'm controlling the other computer, but I can't see the thing. Anyway. Um, I mean, that's like self-parody right there. Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, By the way, have you ever seen a, a Pro Display XDR? I saw the first, I saw one for the first time like two weeks ago at the uh, Apple Store in Scottsdale. I was like, oh, they actually have a Mac Pro here. 32 inches is uh, is a lot bigger than 27 inches. Oh, yeah. You, you don't think about it. It's, they, they had the matte one, too. And I think it had a little sign on it that said, like, starting at $6,000 mm-hmm. or whatever the hell it was. I was like, Jesus. But um, that thing is big yes it's huge i i've seen them many times at the apple stores like you said uh i don't know i don't know a person who i am friends with who has one um i i even haggard had one well, i don't know if he still does but he used to well i mean i made him that that gif for his website but we're not like tight like that um so <laughs> he doesn't invite you over to look at his monitor no i don't get invited over to look at his monitor in memphis but uh the uh that 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 monitor is kind of like a, it's a whole different situation of that where it's just like i want to there's so many things that i need to do like full screen where it's just like well that kind of is a waste because now i've just got like this enormous version of nuke and it's just like that doesn't help um whereas with having two monitors it's like this a normal sized version of nuke and then over to the other side you've got your you know email and teams <laughs> Uh, anyway so no but we should we should wrap it up with our our talk of having nuke on big monitors and small monitors and some very close to your head um yeah yeah i don't know it's just like you know the future it, later uh we'll we'll, we'll just we'll see early next year mm-hmm. yeah uh we'll see what early is i guess at some point um hmm I am kind of curious, though, if they're going to do one of those things where it's like as we get closer to the deadline and they've started manufacturing them and they, they get more of a sense of yield and stuff, if they're going to be like, we have great news. Uh, we cut the price by $200. And then, you know, everyone's going to be like, oh, wow, yeah, it's even cheaper than we thought. And they'll be like psyched about it as opposed to if they just announced it at that, like, you know, $3,300, you know, thing, then everybody would be pissed anyways well the thing that's weird about it also is um early next year like i'm i'm glad they announced it now or whatever to give developers a lead time because obviously this is a developer conference and they want developers to develop for the platform Mm. there wasn't a huge developer message in the announcement Mm -hmm. which there was barely time for it probably but like you didn't see the thing that you normally see where developers are like i'm installing the beta on all my devices because i want to start making cool stuff for the cool new mac os and ios uh i don't know i mean you probably follow more you know, techie people than I do, but like, I didn't see a single person going like, I can't wait to make a thing for vision OS and I'm going to start installing SDK stuff right now. Well, I think people are still trying to wrap their heads around it as it, as it were, uh, because, I mean, but like, you know, yeah, port, uh, port your app to the thing. Like, uh, 
uh, what you who's it was already making a, a, a live uh, live widget of pcalc so like mm-hmm. you know make pcalc envision os <laughs> like it's it's a floating calculator i mean great of all of the people who are going to make something for a vr headset i uh, i think james thompson is the one that needs the least amount of convincing uh but yeah. he, it's 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 been a couple days dan <laughs> just give him a minute to it's do. been uh two right yeah that's that is what the definition is of a couple uh, hmm. it's wednesday is it mm-hmm. mm. Mm. Well, anyway i what what i'm saying is like i don't expect anyone to like blow our minds today with some concept that will work for the headset and anyone who is just planning on having a version of their app that runs in a floating window i don't think is going to be super loud about it at the moment because why uh so you know just, just like wait be patient mm. yeah i, I guess the other question is what the hell does yeah. a vision os simulator look like well if you follow steve trout and smith he's been posting some stuff from it and apparently of course i do definitely yeah yeah so it's, <laughs> you could use your time um he's been posting some videos and stuff from it and apparently you can like just sort of simulate it like as if it was a you know, I guess doom or something. I was um, gonna say, yeah, is it just are we just moving around with like WASD and stuff? I guess I I, I didn't and I haven't inquired about like what the actual control mechanisms are. Um, and I don't know about you, but I don't want to waste the disk space or my time trying to download and install <laughs> Xcode. Uh, oh, I downloaded no. uh, Xcode just for the purposes of trying to uh, make a, an app not appear in my dock. Um, so I still have it installed. I should maybe update it or something sure everybody says that that always goes really well uh and it's yeah. is, again a good use of time um, i have to close itunes to update my ex code where no but see the thing is like what you really need is to revive your and slash rise developer account where you do birds on furniture <laughs> because <laughs> that, that was his be, developer account i wasn't paying for yeah, that yeah well i mean you, you were the i don't know cto or coo or whatever but you you guys uh what you need is vr birds that you put well, on furniture I mean, stickers are stickers are back baby so mm-hmm. we got to revive the stickers although you could just make your own stickers now so I mean, why some, do you need an yeah. app i mean i think one of the things that I found funny about that was like, literally, why do we have this app store? <laughs> it's just like, there's no reason. Um, everybody can do it. Uh, you know, make your own little Lisa Franks. But the, the, what I was getting at though, is just like you, that's, that's your use case for the headset is, is birds on the furniture in. Oh, spatial, interesting. As a spatial I place, application. I can place an actual bird on my personal furniture mm-hmm. at any size and scale that I want. Yeah, you can be like, well, how big is this chair from Wayfair? And you can get a sense of that by using Birds on Furniture. Be like, it is exactly one ottoman and a toucan tall. I think you've just sold me and a lot of people on the Vision Pro. Yeah. I mean, money well spent now at this point. No, no clearer measurement system has ever been invented than Birds on Furniture. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. On on that note, uh, I think we've I think we've spun enough of our thoughts about the future of computing and st- stereographic vision and things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, we'll see. I'm 
Again, I'm I'm optimistic and I'm interested and I want to try the thing. Although the idea of going to an Apple store and having them put uh, a thing on my face that other people have used and sweated in is really disgusting to me. Yeah, but um, that was another oh, thought I, I had. Is it's like it's it's cloth. It's <laughs> it's not a uh, mm-hmm. it's not a super easy to sanitize cloth. Um, I'm I'm gonna book yeah. the very first demo for the very first day mm-hmm. so I can try it fresh and clean. Even though I'm sure all the employees will have. Mm. got their grubbiness all over it yeah i mean it's not like when you, uh, for a while during the pandemic i was going to the the barber uh hairdresser um like first thing in the morning because it's like ah well all the stuff will be clean from the day before and that was my my mental hack i don't think they put the headset cloth in uh in barbicide overnight uh so yeah. i think you're not it's a little cheaper and easier there. for them to rotate the watch bands that people are trying on also you could just wash your wrists uh versus giving everyone pink eye <laughs> with uh what do they what do they call the the clock it doesn't matter no i <sighs> i i I'm, anytime it's like oh you could try on uh the the watch stuff at the watch table it's like no no i'm not gonna get sucked into this this waste of my time and effort i hate it yeah, I usually just go grab one and try it on, and then I'm like, "Do you need some help?" I'm like, "Nope, good. Here you go. Have it back. I'm done. Bye." No, I don't even touch them. I, I'm just like, if I can't guess what it is that I need to buy, then I'm not. I'm not buying anything. That's why I own. Uh, well, I'm not going to count the ones that came with the watch, but I I, I have t- three watch bands. Um, in the years that I've owned my Series Three and my Series whatever the heck this was six seven eight something i don't know two years ago um and so it's just like yeah i i I don't i I just don't want to the hassle of people and the disgustingness of everything and then just like just give me the stuff just give joe the stuff give me the stuff